Welcome to Life Play. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Dr. Rob Fazio. Dr. Rob, are you ready to do this? I'm ready, George. All right, let's go. Dr. Rob is an executive advisor, speaker, member of the Forbes Coaching Council, and he's the best-selling author of Bullyproof. Rob, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Sure. Uh, personal life, I am the dad of two girls, Reese and Ray, uh, six and two. Um, and it's made me realize everything I thought I knew about influence actually is not true. Uh, <laughs> live just outside of Philly. Um, and why I do what I do. Um, you know, I've, I've over the years, 20 years of, of doing this, you meet so many awesome people and you meet so many not so awesome people. And I really, uh, got caught up in being obsessed with this idea of, of power and, and helping people that get pushed around and dominated navigate those tough situations. I appreciate that. So bullyproof, we are living through a really, really challenging time. And that might be a, a super nice way to put it. I don't, <laughs> I don't study cyberbullying that much. I'm just aware that it is awful and particularly awful for young people and particularly awful for young girls. Am I right? Wrong? Close? Yeah. So, you know, so cyberbullying, I don't, uh, isn't my expertise as well. However, um, it's obviously more prevalent than it's ever been before. And I think where that transitions into the workplace is now that we're so much more virtual, there's actually more bullying and less kind of repair because there's not as much in-person time. So the damage is greater. Yeah. So bullying is something that's, that's, that's probably as old as time. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. It's, it's as old as time. And I, I think that one of the biggest problems is we haven't done anything with that time to <laughs> equip people to, you know, navigate it. I can't tell you how many times I've been working with an organization or an executive. Um, and if it's a high performer, they just kind of look the other way. And that just sends all the wrong messages throughout the organization. And it's wow. So the incentive is there where we've got Steve and Steve is, you know, our top XYZ salesperson or whatever. And yeah, it turns out Steve's a bit of a jerk and people don't really like him and it's creating a toxic environment, but we need him because of the revenue he brings in. Yeah. And, and right. But if these companies actually did the math, they would realize financially it costs them much more to keep Steve around for the long term. You know, I've even seen situations where other top talent will leave because of this guy, Steve. Um, and what happens is people lose their, their initiative, right? <clears throat> they don't want to take discretionary effort and be top performers if there's someone sitting next to them that's just wreaking havoc. Um, and where it gets really bad is for people that don't have positional power, um, they just stop giving information. Uh, there's there's less collective success. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I, I know me personally. I've dealt with with awful people in 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 the workplace, and I'm sure that everybody you talk to has some experience that they're more than interested in sharing with you. Um, so what since it's as old as time and we've not solved it, we've not really had much impact on it, what what is the way forward? I think there's a, a few things. Um, I think number one, it's it's helping people right off the bat 
depersonalize the actual experience and to be able to take a step back and not get pulled into this reactive state where I feel like I have to either attack or avoid this person that is is dominating me. Um, I think another thing is we've got to equip people to be bullyproof, to learn different skills so they they aren't getting beaten down, teach them how to build alliances. Um, and then thirdly, uh, organizations need to have clear zero tolerance rule around certain behaviors, what's acceptable, what's not. And we need more leaders to be courageous and 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 step up when there is dysfunctional behavior. Depersonalizing the experience. That's hard because it's so personal. It, it, it is. It feels so personal. But the large majority of people that are getting bullied it has nothing to do with him at all. It has to do with this person that's insecure or has unmet needs. And we get caught up in like, gosh, how could George treat me that way in front of all these people? But it really doesn't have anything to do with you unless you are in some way giving permission to this person to let them push you around. And that's why I go into this whole idea of your strength style and making sure that you're using subtle strength um, or overt strength as opposed to feeling like you know you're completely submissive or you've got to be completely dominant all those two styles give more power to the person that's bullying i if if, if you don't mind i'd like to jump to three and then circle back to two would that be all right sure go for it so i was just i was just thinking about this this morning um when you know being in being in the environment that 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 i was in now it's been about 10 years and i still have i don't know if it's a very mild form of of of, of PTSD because I think about some of these scenarios all the time, and then I thought about this famous Warren Buffett quote. He said, "In a chronically leaking vessel, sometimes it makes more sense just to find a new vessel than to try to plug the holes." So, if the organization is not going to do and make a zero tolerance policy, I mean, is there anything that can I do anything? Yes. So. Um- I I use this framework of fit, fight, or flight, and it comes from research on successful intelligence by Bob Sternberg. But essentially, if you're in a situation and it's a fit, great. If if it's not, then you try to influence the situation, the person. If you are not getting any results, if people aren't supporting you, then yes, there has to be flight. You've got to leave the situation. If you can't can't influence the environment, You've got to. And I know that's really difficult, but the damage it does to you physically, psychologically, um, economically, it's it's just too great. And you really can't risk that because emotion has memory and your brain's going to get wired to think that like you're a victim. And we we are we're trying to avoid uh, avoid that at all costs. I think something else that's really important is organizations just level setting and saying that we all engage in some type of dysfunctional behavior because we're human beings. And I've got kind of a a checklist of 27 different bullying behaviors. And let's see where you are in that range. So you can be kind of, you know, take ownership of that for yourself and make sure you're not. You'd be surprised how many people don't even realize that they're bullying and dominating others. Hmm. That's, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I take it personally. Why would I do that? It's not a reflection of me and this person who is my oppressor from my perspective, maybe has no idea 
that that they're even doing it. They've just been operating this way through their whole life. Yeah, it, exactly. So, you know, my early years when I first started out doing advising, I did a lot of work downtown New York City. And I can't tell you how many people that are natural drivers that if they were bullying someone, they would think to themselves, oh, I'm helping this person just do it faster. They need my help. Right. Um, and we know that's actually not the case. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. So, okay. I, are our organizations, are you seeing a trend of organizations taking this zero tolerance policy, starting to take this more seriously? Is it just completely subjective? I think it's subjective. I think that it's good that companies are talking more about ESG and, you know, how they, how they govern and lead. Um, I still think the perception is right now, at the end of the day, if someone's a top performer, they're not getting touched. Um, So I think that there needs to be more, you know, more done when there is dysfunctional behavior. Um, I think that people that are, are truly narcissistic and, and, and bullies are really good at manipulating the system, right? Their boss will never see them doing these types of things. Um, you know, the board will never see them doing it. It's the people that they can control, uh, doing that. So that's why, you know, there, there needs to be clarity and really saying, listen, we are not tolerating these types of behaviors. Uh, the word bullying is very loading loaded, but what does that mean? Is it not giving information? Is it berating someone? Is it closing down conversations? So you really should have somewhat of a of a charter on a team around what we're look, moving towards and what we're moving away from. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. So for for me, the individual, then I'm working to depersonalize the experience. Hopefully, I'm, I'm within an organization that is trying. So I see, okay, this is a great career fit for me. I, I I like my role within the organization. I like the culture and CEO or whoever, but it's just this couple of people. How how can I become more bullyproof? So uh, so the first thing is the after depersonalizing, taking ownership, meaning that you're actually going to do something and you're going to have a plan, and that plan should not just involve you. You want the perspective of other people, and in particular, other people that are alphas and strong. Uh, have strong personalities. I call them aware, adaptive alphas. If you partner with alphas that have strong personalities, but get the importance of bringing other people along, they very are very good at buffering the negative impact of someone who's unaware, not adaptive. So building those alliances naturally, um, I think that having conversations and letting the person know that it's not okay the way that you're being treated but the way you do that is critical. Um, so there's an acronym in the book called DEALS, which stands for depersonalize, empathize, align, uh, look for the hook, and show strength. So I will go through all of those. We already talked about depersonalize. But the empathize part shifts the dynamic so much because people, when they're interacting with bullies, are so used to like I said, either avoiding or attacking, if you actually try to understand the bully's ambitions, which I know sounds crazy, what they're trying to accomplish, um, let them know that you're not a threat. It changes the pattern and the interaction. They're not used to that. So they're more likely to be influenced with you. And then it's easier to give them some feedback uh, when you're when you're playing into their ambitions and priorities. 
Can you give me an example of that? Yeah, sure. So um, let, let's say you, you know, I work with you and, and I feel like you're, you know, you're, you're bullying me all the time and I get through that. Okay. Okay. You know what? This is just George's style, but I've got to change that. Um, you continue to, you continue to do it. Um, and rather than me just say, Hey, George, this has got to stop. You can't do that. I say, George, look, no, there's a lot of pressure on, on quarters end. Um, I know that you said it's really important for you to hit this number. I think it's, oh, that is as well. Can we talk a little about how I could help you do that? And then you go into, you layer it there. Then you go into, hey, another thing that'd be helpful to me is when we communicate, here's my preference, what's yours. So it's kind of like a, a continuum where you're starting out more subtle and then you get more overt around pulling out the behaviors. What you don't want to do is get into a boxing match with a bully because they're that's their turf. You want you want to get into a position where they feel like you're walking alongside them and you're and you're partnering in some way. That makes sense. Not easy, but it makes Not sense. Easy. No, none of it. None of it's easy. The, the whole <laughs> aligning in the A to the aligning and agreeing. It's painful for someone who feels like they're getting beat up to say, "Hey, George, you know what? I agree with what you said on this point because we just want to take them out, right? Like we, yeah, you know." Um, but you'll see how how the shift happens. It people a bully will start to see outside of themselves somewhat um, if they're not a true narcissist. Um, if you actually tap into that, there's something that happens in the brain where it's they're or more open-minded because they're so used to people, you know, really pushing back or completely avoiding them. Yeah. All right. So depersonalize, empathize, align. What's the L? L is, is look for the hook. So, you know, in, in most conflict or tough conversations, people leave somewhat of an opening. So that hook might be um, what's really important to them, what really um, is motivating to them, right? What's their motivational currency? Is it performance, people, power, purpose? Um, you know, I mentioned their ambitions, but sometimes it's just a, a pause where you see that and there's an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Um, this is a really tough conversation or something like that, where there's always something in a conversation where there's an opportunity and you want to do that. And then the final one, S, is um, is show strength. And so, you you know, I don't want people coming out and being aggressive. Uh, but I, what I want people to do is, is to let that other person know in some way that you don't give them permission to do that. So it might be a, a pointed question. It might be using humor. Uh, but um, you want to make sure that you demonstrate some type of strength so you're not letting that person push you around. Makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. So taking ownership of the situation and having a plan and enlisting the help of aware and adaptive strong people, alphas within the organization. Is that is that obvious who 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 those people are? I don't think it's as obvious, but what I do is I, I get people a matrix and ask some questions, right? Does this does this person um, take the lead in situations, whether they're identified leader or expert, that's a good way to, to, to do it. And then there's some questions around, you know, how, how well they are perceived to adapt. The other thing that's really important is what I call um, value-based power. So finding people that are self-ambitious, want to help other people, 
also want to help the organization, the business, and then overall society. So it's kind of like almost a bound scorecard for how you use your power. That's a good way to identify people that could advocate for you as well. That makes a ton of sense. So people who are interested in the growth and success of the organization and the culture, if it's just some somebody who is, you know, that wants to burn the world down, that's probably not your guy or your gal, uh, or if they're just doing their job and, 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 and clocking out at the end of the day, probably also not your, uh, your, your, your ideal partner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's the balance across those four facets, you know, yourself, others, organization, and society, where we get out of balance is if like someone's just completely self-ambitious and focused without counterbalancing that with something outside of themselves. And the best leaders are the ones that are self-ambitious, but they're just as motivated to elevate others in the organization. Those are the ones that gain credibility the fastest um, and are able to help others more. They, they get a lot of power and credibility that way. Got it. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. How hard is it? I mean, I I'm just I'm thinking back to my personal experience and where I went wrong, um, and where I tried to do some of these steps just just sort of intuitively, um, but it is my my natural inclination to want to punch the bully in the nose. Where I remember doing that and it didn't work for me at all. <laughs> I didn't actually punch anybody in the face. I I. I, I, you, I think you understand what I'm saying. I do. Yes, I do. I'm, I'm Sicilian. So I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, some of it is, is philosophical in that we need to be the masters of our experience and to be able to rise above of our initial experience and what we're getting triggered about. If we want to win the long-term game, we can't be strategic when we're stressed and being reactive. That's why I think having uh, other people that are in this bullyproof alliance to help hold you true, right? I've worked with a lot of senior executives that for lack of better terms, have been in traumatizing political car accidents, right? And and it's tough for them to go back and lead. Um, but if you have someone guide you and kind of walk you through that and reassure you and help you gain your confidence back, it goes a long way. Uh, the other thing is, I believe, you know, there's so much more we're learning about neuroplasticity and and our our neural pathways. And I really believe the more we equip ourselves in a certain direction, and we could train our brain, um, and everything else follows. So it takes discipline and working on that, um, and and becoming bullyproof is it's the responsibility for the village, right? It's the individual that's getting bullied. It's the bully, and it's the organization. So it's a uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm super grateful that, that that you've done this work because having a framework for dealing with these situations that invariably will happen to all of us at some point in our lives or are currently happening to some of us in our lives is ex- is extremely helpful. Um, so, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And thank you for coming on the show. Where, 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 where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? And where can they get a copy of Bullyproof? So I think that, you know, all things Bullyproof, if you go to getbullyproof.com, there's some pre-templates, there's quizzes, there's a great quiz that's, wait, am I a bully? I encourage people to uh, to take that quiz. Uh, LinkedIn, usually 
couple times a week, I do a quick one minute or less learning on the topic. Uh, so if people have ideas that they want to hear about, um, let me know. And you can get the book at Barnes & Noble, at your favorite bookstore, uh, anywhere, really. Excellent. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dr. Rob your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to getbullyproof.com. And if you're wondering... Maybe I'm the bad person in this scenario. Take the quiz. Wait, am I a bully? And then pick up a copy of Bully Proof, where you buy your books. Thanks again, Rob. All right. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.